1: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Wind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama, what a play. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank.
2: All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Monday edition, or Tuesday, depending on when you're consuming this, The game plan it's kind of our look ahead to the week ahead for sooner athletics and we always like to start with the voice of the Sooners Toby Rowland as we preview not only a busy week for the women's basketball team but the men's hoops team that's trying to get back on track it's just been unfortunately the MO of this season see a lot of good young players Toby they haven't been able to really finish consistently yet
1: yeah I mean that's the storyline of the season and it's kind of broken record um but it's week after week and and it's amazing that the same storyline continues to play out. I I remember um, the five minute mark, there was a timeout Saturday night and I think it was a two point game. And I said to Kevin Henry, all right, here we go. I mean, this is the spot all year where they've had a hard time from this point to the wire, making the plays to win. What do they got to do tonight? And again, uh, they come up on the short end and, it's uh, incredibly frustrating for everybody involved, for the, certainly for the coaching staff, um, for the players involved, and now I think it's to the point where they're expecting something to go wrong, and that's never where you want to be. And they get late in games, and they're like, "All right, how how are we going to mess it up this time?" It, they're <laughs> not saying that; you right. see it in their eyes. So, um, you know, there's still there's still eight regular season games, and and the Big 12 tournament to go, and you feel like if they could win one or two in a row, maybe get on a roll, maybe they could do what Oklahoma State's doing right now. OSU was 0-6, and now they've won five in a row. And maybe that's possible for this team. They certainly played everybody in this conference except for Baylor right You know, tooth and nail. So there's no reason to believe they can't beat West Virginia again or go to Ames and win or go to Stillwater and win or beat Kansas State here. All those games they've got left. But, um, they got to figure out a way to make plays. The, the other thing, and, and I talked to uh, uh, Carlin Hartman about this. Uh, I know you're going to play an interview, or maybe you already have, but <laughs> um, you know, the, they don't know who they can count on from game in to game out. You, you just don't know. Like like last year, I hate to keep it comparing everything to last year. It's just the most recent reference. Uh, well, let's say football, for example. You, you know Baker on any given week is going to complete – Seventy percent of his passes. Devi Westbrook's going to have at least a hundred yards and a touchdown, probably two. So P. Ryan's going to get better in the second half. You know, I mean, there were these things you were that you could depend on every week. It really didn't matter who the opponent was. And with this basketball team right now, and really for the last month, the only thing you know for sure going into a game is that Cam Mcgusty's going to play well. Right. You know, he's going to score. 15 to 20 points, probably. And that's really all, you know, and now Doolittle may up and score 29. And that was great. But the, the three games since then, he's been in single figures. Uh, Jordan came back from uh, missing some time. And I think he scored 27. And now he's on a run of about four straight games where he hasn't scored more than 11 or 12 points. Uh You know, uh, everybody, I mean, I I can name everybody on the roster who has had their moment, Rashard Odoms. He's had huge games, 24-point games, and he's had games where he's taken one shot. And so they just don't have any idea from game to game what they can count on. And um, I think that's maybe the most frustrating thing right now is the wild inconsistency of, uh, of the individuals on this team so far.
2: And from that perspective, Toby, it makes it challenging even more so for the coaches because from game to game, I think you hit on it, and we're gonna we're gonna play a coach coming up here as soon as we wrap up. You you just don't know where you can rely on when you drop that play. It's it's typically for the the senior and a Jordan Woodard, but. You haven't really been able to get him. And that's not a knock on Jordan. You know, he hasn't been healthy 100%. You just haven't had that consistent presence outside of a Cam Mcgusty. I'll say this, and people can call me a homer all they want. T. Rowe, I get real excited for the future of this program when I watch these guys. I mean, I see these pups out there like Odoms, like Doolittle, and obviously like a Cam Mcgusty. I see these guys, and I get excited for the future. I just I, I hope fans are able to kind of weather this storm because it's tough to go to Final Four to being under 500. But man, the future seems to be pretty bright with the talent that Coach Kruger has.
1: I I think you should be excited. I, I absolutely think that we're going to look back next year and the year after at this year, this 2016-17 year, as a real learning. Point, a real lesson point for this program, and I think this group of guys and the class coming in, uh, whoever that may be, uh, it has a chance to be a Big 12 fender and a NCAA tournament Sweet 16, Final Four type team again. I think that that's what kind of capabilities they have. Uh, Cam Mcgusty is doing things this year that we haven't seen a freshman do in two and a half decades at OU. Christian Doolittle, when he has had those uh, bright moments, they are really, really bright. And uh, up and down. You know, we were looking at the Texas Tech lineup, for example, on Saturday. Tech plays 11 guys. All 11 are juniors and seniors. All 11. They have no freshmen or sophomores that are seeing the floor for them. And uh, while, you know, that tends to lead to a great year, it also doesn't bode well for the immediate future of that program and right. not to compare things, I'm not trying to down denigrate uh, the tech program at all I'm just saying the exact opposite was true for the team in the visiting uniforms on Saturday night. They've got 11 freshmen and sophomores who are contributing this to this team and um, you know I, I think that the I think the future is bright and you should be excited about it and I've said this before you don't have to be one or the other you don't have to be either disappointed about this year or excited about the future. You can be both. I'm both. You can be incredibly disappointed (laughs) that this team is struggling as much as they are right now, and it looks like they're headed toward a losing record. That's extremely disappointing. And simultaneously, at the same time, excited about the future of this program. So uh, I I think it's justified.
2: Hey, uh, throw a quick thought in there about Sherry Cole's team. Wow, what a win they had on Saturday. A little bit costly with the injury to Maddie Manning. I know Coach gave you a bit of an update on that this morning, but still, you know, even if Maddie's out for a little bit, which is the way it looks right now, with the way that you've seen the freshman play at Chelsea Dungy, with the way, obviously, that Joya Carter, she's battling Uh, a little bit of a foot problem right now. Yeah, you'd much rather be playing with Matty, but the way a couple of players have stepped up will make that a little bit more bearable, and you're reaching the tough part of the schedule right now. you still got Texas. you still got Baylor again. you got to go to Manhattan. West Virginia's not going to be easy when they come here this week. This is a grind now, but they're playing good basketball for Coach Cole.
1: Yeah, that was a gutsy win. It looked like they were going to cruise, and then it looked like they might blow it, and then to pull it out late was was gutsy. I I think it'll be real telling – how this team plays over the final three and a half weeks of the season. I don't know how long Maddie's going to be out. I think probably they're going to have her back for postseason play, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't think anybody knows until they see how that knee heals. But she's the heart and soul of that team, and there's a lot of experienced players, but she's the heart and soul. And she's the one that makes the big shots when they need it to swim the tide or to get a run started. Yep. And there's other talent there. There's enough other talent there to keep winning games. Um, But are they rattled by this? I think will be very telling. It could be a positive thing. You know, since they think anyway they're getting Maddie back, if everybody else can step up their game a, a notch in her absence, then when you add her back into the mix, maybe they're better for it. But, uh, it'll, you know, it could go the other way as well. If they're rattled by this, then, then it could be a tough three and a half weeks. So I think it'll be real telling, and it starts on, on Tuesday night. I mean, West Virginia is good. West Virginia beat them in Oregon town. West Virginia likes to get physical with you and kind of throw you out of your game a little bit. And um, so this will be a, a stern test for them on Tuesday night, right, right out of the box with uh, no manning.
2: Well, maybe you could have a Cinderella story like that uh, Cinderella Tom Brady run, Toby. Maybe you could see a a, a shocker. Hey, I'm sorry. Listen, we haven't. Had, I, I know we. I don't know if we had a chance to touch on it too much. Everyone heard all your great interviews you did with the assistant coaches on the uh, recruiting show. It was great, Toby. Top-notch stuff. But a couple of thoughts. I mean, Trey Sermon's uh, video, I think, kind of caught all of us uh, by by surprise and kind of jaw dropped. But just a real quick thought on recruiting because that was as complete and as quick of a day as we've had. I think when it comes to covering Signing Day.
1: Yeah, it was pretty amazing that everything was done by about 8.20 in the morning. I think it's an excellent class. Um, you never know for three or four years exactly uh, what you've got in a signing class. All we know right now is what they did in high school, how many stars are next to their name, and this video that you see. And by all accounts, it looks like they've signed the best class in a long, long time. Yeah. I think they've got some guys who can help them out right away at linebacker, I love the Isaiah Thomas kid from Tulsa Memorial on the defensive line. I think they have stockpiled themselves in the defensive backfield. Um, I I don't know who's going to be the next D.D. Westbrook, but I think they've given themselves some great options with whoever whoever was or who was already on campus, along with D.D. Lamb and and Martise Brown and Charleston Rambo. And those guys that they brought in, I'm excited to see who steps to the forefront to become the next go-to guy. For uh, Sooner football. I like what I hear early about Chris Robinson. Baker Mayfield raved about him, not just as his ability to throw the football, but kind of his attitude. And everybody seems to say, hey, he kind of handles himself like Baker does. He's got a little bit of a swagger to him. So I like hearing that early on. And um, yeah, the running back situation will probably be the most interesting of the spring to watch. You've got a couple of guys back that are candidates, you've got Sermon already on campus. Who I think has a chance to be a candidate, Marcellus Sutton. How are they going to use him? All at five foot ten, maybe, maybe five <laughs> nine. So uh, that'll be intriguing. But yeah, signing day was uh, that was a good day for, for OU.
2: And we mentioned Carlin Hartman. Well, Toby had a chance to catch up with the newest Sooner assistant coach as the hoops team tries to get back on track. <laughs>
3: Let's talk about uh, Saturday night, seventy-seven, sixty-nine. Out in Lovett, Holly. coach, another one of these where. Five minutes to go, it's anybody's game, and and, uh, didn't end up going in the right column. What has to happen different in the final three, four minutes of games for you guys to start winning these? You know, we got to really
4: start coming out uh, with more aggression and execute a lot better. Uh, I thought our guys did a pretty good job last week after the OSU game of, uh, you know, really dialing in and locking into, you know, what we wanted and, we went through a couple of time and score situations, you know, put some time on the clock and a certain score where, you know, we had to try to execute it in a ball game And you know, they did a pretty good job throughout the course of the week. And anytime you're dealing with a young team, you know, you just need a little bit of uh, some, sometimes you need some luck to go your way. And just like at the end of the half, you know, we get a pretty decent stop. We think uh, ball's going out of bounds. It's a kind of a 50, 50 ball. Ray picks it up, you know, throws in a shot that, you know, Karen off the front of the rim and went into the basket. So, you know, just uh, just been kind of our luck a little bit um, so far uh, this season, and uh, sometimes you know we, you got to make your own luck as as good teams do. So we're still trying to search for uh, those types of moments.
3: It seems like at this point now that it gets to two or three minutes left in the game, and there's kind of this look in their eyes, like, uh, "All right, what's going to happen to us this time?" You know, I mean, that's a dangerous <laughs> thing. I know you got to have that yeah. belief, that Tom Brady belief. That we're going to yeah. find a way to win this game, and yes. kind of the opposite has set in with this team.
4: Well, the funny thing is, well, actually, seems teams a funny thing. But um, you know, obviously, you've had the luxury over the last four years of having guys like Buddy and Isaiah. Uh, you know, those are the ones that were you know relishing in those moments. They live for those particular moments, and they were used to it. And uh, you know, even when they were freshmen, they were you know put in those situations, and sometimes they failed, and sometimes they came out on top. Um, and that's where great leadership and older guys come into play. And you know, we have eleven underclassmen, and they're still trying to figure out, you know, how to close out these ball games. And you know, it's up to us as coaches to keep helping them and keep putting them in those situations, whether it be in practice or showing them on film, things that we can do better, um, things that we can coach better. And you know, it's uh, it's going to come around. It's just a, it's just a matter of time and. and you know, obviously the the fan base and the, the you know everyone has been very patient with us and they, you know understanding. But you know, we got to uh, finish out these games and close out these games. We know that uh, the, the best thing about it is that we're in every single ball game, with the exception of Florida and Baylor in the last ten minutes of the Wisconsin game. Every game this year has been you know right down to the wire.
3: This isn't so much a question, just maybe an observation. I would imagine one of the maddening things for you and and you guys as a coaching staff has been, all right, what can we depend on this year Mm. going into a game? And right now there's really like the one thing you can depend on is Cam Mcgusty. Like he's going to give you 15 to 20 a night regularly. Now it's 10 straight games. He scored in double figures. But Mm. other than that, you know, uh, Doolittle goes for 29 one night and hasn't had double figures since. Dante had 11 mm. against OSU, didn't score last time out. It, mm. Jordan may go for 30 or he may go for six. It just seems <laughs> like that everybody else in your lineup, you don't really know going into a game what you can count on.
4: Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's tricky. And you're exactly right in the examples that you gave. Cam Augusty has been great these last you know couple weeks, as you mentioned, 10 straight games early in the year he was still trying to figure things out himself mm-hmm. we just haven't had that not only consistent individual play but collective play um and again i refer back to just these last few years you, you've had that you know as a, as a mm-hmm. starting lineup the, the consistency of those four guys starting every single game and uh, you know taking care of things you know in the locker room making sure guys are right making sure guys are attentive and uh, you know, those le- those great leadership qualities that, that, that those older guys provided. And because we have so many young guys and certain guys that have come back that are in new roles, they're still trying to figure out, you know, like you say, you know, that consistent level. And that consistent level starts in practice. It starts, you know, when you come to the gym after class and, and we're watching film or, uh, you know, we're going on the floor and we're doing some individual stuff to to help uh, make things a little bit um um, easier for them, and so it's a collective, um, it's a collective situation. Us as coaches, we're searching for that consistency on the floor, and uh, I think every individual player, you know, they want to be, they want to be good. They want it to happen for them right now. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer, you know, for uh, for for groups like ours to develop and mature. Visiting
3: with Sooner assistant coach Carlin Hartman. All right, we got OU and West Virginia coming up now on Wednesday night. You beat these guys in Morgantown in a great game in overtime. What do you anticipate the Mountaineers may do differently this time around? They only turned you over 12 times in Morgantown. Do you anticipate any kind of game plan change on their part?
4: I think they are who they are. I think the last time you and I talked on the radio, Toby, we were actually going into the West Virginia game. We are going up to Morgantown. Um, I think they're just kind of who, are, who they are. They're just going to try to impose their will. Um, they're they're going to fly around to the basketball. They're going to trap. They're going to double. They're going to create all kinds of havoc and we just have to do as good of a job as we did up there with only those 12 turnovers and and try to make sure we have that same blueprint you know when we get back here you know one other thing about the Texas Tech game is you know I'm thinking about uh, turnovers and we only had nine in that particular game so you know there are things in which we're concentrating on that the guys are doing a lot better turnovers being one of them and um, you know, if we can do exactly the same thing against West Virginia and even going into the game against Iowa State this Saturday where the last time we played them we had 25 turnovers here, which was a huge key in that game, you know, taking care of the basketball is going to be huge Not, this this whole week, this entire week. And if we can get a shot at the rim every single time and a good shot at the rim, the shot that we want, um, you know, we we will have a chance to win both ball games. It's a matter of controlling the game with our offense, all five guys working together, getting a great shot, and um, then being able to set our defense.
3: I thought you did a really good job in that game in Morgantown of once you broke the pressure attacking. Yeah. I mean, uh, Richard Odoms, I remember many times, would, would take it right at him. Um, mm-hmm. That seems like against West Virginia that's important. Like, if they're going to pressure you, then you if you can, you got to make them pay for that.
4: Boy, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, there, there were obviously, Jermoney went 6-for-6 six six in that game. He had a lot of, yeah. you know, um, uh, high percentage shots at the rim, uh, and it was because of just what you said. Once we broke their pressure, it became normally either a, a, a three-on-two situation or a four-on-three, and, and we always had the advantage. And you you want to take advantage of those opportunities, but you also have to be really smart that you're not taking just the the, the quickest shot available. You want to work it around a little bit, make them chase chase you um and then get the one that you want because then if you do it's a probably a really good high percentage shot and then when the ball goes through the basket once again you get a chance to set your defense and then they have to go against five guys and you know that's that's where your your advantage lies if you can take care of that ball and get the shot that you want
2: well there you have it the game plan edition of the sooner sports podcast hey a reminder that coming up on the tailgate this week we will have sooner head softball coach Patty Gasso, We take you deep inside Sooner Softball, who not only gets their season started on Thursday, but looks to defend their national championship. That's Patty Gasso on Thursday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you so much for downloading. You can follow along at Soonersports.tv slash podcast and always get the latest updates, or you can go straight through iTunes, search Sooner Radio Network, and get every piece of audio that we make available to you, including our Monday morning refresher. So, Patty Gasso, coming up on Thursday. Until then, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. And until next time, boomer sooner, everybody. This has been the
1: Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv podcast. And
4: make sure to follow us on Twitter at OUOnTheAir.